Woo! Welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. We're on episode 77, Bored with Tiffany. Not not Bored uh, of Tiffany, but Bored with Tiffany. That's right. Uh, we have uh, the regulars. Uh, we got Sen Fung Lim, and we got the bearded Meeple himself, Tyler Anderson. Uh, I gotta I gotta ask first because I haven't seen you in a little bit, Tyler. What you been up to lately? Nothing. I've just been burnt out. I'm way behind on videos. I've been sitting on my couch uh, eating Cheetos uh, in my underwear and watched uh, I don't know, eleven hours of Daredevil on Friday. Well, you can totally tell me you've been eating Cheetos because your beard is all kind of red. No, no spoilers. Uh, I'm not yeah. quite caught up with Daredevil yet. Oh yeah, so no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, but luckily, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. Luckily, you've uh, actually put on some clothes for this show because we can actually see you. So <laughs> clothes are good. I, I did. Uh, I did Alaboom a couple weeks ago with no pants. So there you go. <laughs> that doesn't bring surprise in, me. Bringing the meatball syrup to the Alaboom. Yeah. Show them how it's done. Show them how Ironically enough, they have Travis on their show tonight, so I've been watching it a little bit because I'm sure things will yeah. get fired up. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. He's so funny. Um, so, what have you been playing lately, sir? And by sir, I mean Daryl. Oh, Sir Daryl, of course. Um, I've actually been playing strictly prototypes this week. It is in crunch time now for gathering a friend. So, it's like every time I can find a window of opportunity to game, I'm calling people and saying, come over, I need another playtester. Um, the other thing I have to give a shout-out for, and someday I wish we get sponsors... This is the greatest iced tea of my life. Did I never tell you about Pure Leaf? Oh my goodness! I oh am, yeah. This <laughs> is the, this is the stuff. Like if if I could choose my sponsor, that is oh that's yeah, my, yeah, my wife like loves a, that stuff. You should have put a maple syrup sticker on that, like you're drinking maple syrup. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it kind of has that look, right? And yeah. either that or you're drinking urine, and that's just gross. <laughs> no, no, it's darker. It's darker. Well, you could be ill. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> On that note, actually, that does trigger something for me. I would just recently... Your urine triggers something for yes, you? Yes, urine triggered it. This is okay. the segue. Love the segue. Uh, I just got to speak at NerdFest at the Adventurers Guild, one of our right, sponsors, right, right, yeah, which yeah. I love. And I got to talk about board game design. Lots of really great questions. Okay, okay, the get audience. to the urine. Get to the but urine. The urine was on the third. The third speaker talked about mission to Mars. He is one of the 100 candidates to get sent to on the mission one project, where they're going to leave 25 people on on Mars. And he talked about urine batteries and how, like, one of the things that he w was working on was how to utilize urine. Sure. To, to, Lots to of electrons. Yeah, for sure. That, life's life's totally not work. all shits and giggles, but it will be to Mars. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta use your pee and poop somehow. Yeah. Exactly. Can't go. You know, it's like low carbon footprint. You know, you you know, it's like camping. You just bring it in, you bring it out, exactly. or you use it up so, anyways. Right. I'm waiting for that mechanic in the next board game. Like they, oh, where, they I, use, where I make they use, poop into something use, and we yeah, transform they use, it into a different. They use poop. They use poop in uh, Rescue Wombat or that's something true. like that. Wombat so, Rescue, yeah. Wombat Rescue, thank you. By Matt Wolf. Yes, by Matt Wolf and Eagle Games. So. And and coconuts, I mean, because really, the monkeys aren't throwing oh, coconuts. Yeah. We they're all throwing know they throw they're throwing poop. And poop, the game, right? Yeah, yeah. and poop. Actually, poo, on that note, poo, the card game, uh, was recently spotted in some sports stores in Florida. Why? I, I don't know, but this is an interesting market that I'm curious about, and it well, came up. 
It came up in a conversation with our guest for next week, who is the buyer for Peach State Hobby Distribution. Oh, that's pretty funny. But in the conversation, he mentioned that he was really intrigued to see that Pooh the Card Game had had that uh, connection. So, well, I I have the uh, the the buck hunting dice game from Steve Jackson. I have that too. Which is basically just just you know zombie dice, but in a camouflage bag for hunters, right? Absolutely. You know, when you're in the deer stand, covered in urine, deer urine. See, we got deer urine. Another urine reference. <laughs> you have Drink nothing better to do. Nothing better to do. You might want to play a game while you're waiting for that ten point buck to show up. Uh, I think there's a topic again tonight. Apparently, it's urine. No, uh, no, you're it's in better for than it, that. folks. You're in for it. That's beautiful. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> we we can't miss that segue. Uh, well, why not? Let's invite our guests on. We have two incredible guests uh, from uh, wonderful review channels. Christopher Bryan, you might n- recognize his uh, beautiful face from Board with Life, uh, and Tiffany. Do I say which which name do I say now? I mean, legally, I'm Tiffany Kyra's. But everywhere, I, I'm still too lazy to update it. So, so I'm going to say Kyra's. And that's so, how you pronounce but, it, Tiff? Mm-hmm. Kai Rez, like, like if you were playing like an RPG, and it's like, hey, Kai, res me. Oh, nice. So, Kai like, Kai Rez, Kai Rez. That's good. Right. That's locked in. I said it right the first time. I'll keep saying it right now. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. lucky. You're, you're lucky he heard it from you, directly from you, because <laughs> if somebody else said it, that would have been your name from now on. Yeah. Some yeah. other weird... So, you know, I, always, I always read that as Tiffany Cares. Well, she does about things, and you, and me, bears, and and dog. All right, I will always just call you Tiffany Cares now. So I'm fine with that. Tiffany Cares. Tiffany Cares. It's like it sounds like a like a what's that thing called when you have people give you money and you give it away? Charity. That's it. Um, (laughs) I have word finding problems. Or I'm playing a game with you, and you're making. That's awesome. That was a train of thought right there. Yes, but totally. I always. uh, so you'd be the one tack. I'm actually the one Tark, because I... Oh, um, hyphenated? No, I changed... I made my old last name my middle name, so that I could be the one Tark. So you're, so you're, you're like a, a, a Ralph. Mm-hmm. So That's now the, I'm, I'm Tar Kyrez, is like now... Or, Ral- um, or Ralph Kyrez. <laughs> yes, I could be. Well, yeah, I could. I could go by Ralph now. I guess. <laughs> with, with a name like that, do you have to like roll a d20 every time you're going to do something? <laughs> I'm Ralph Kyrez. <laughs> nice. We are completely off topic, but I love yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Is, okay. This is a sign of things to come. But I'm going to start us off because uh, I I think it is a hilarious new season of Board with Life, and we have. With us, uh, one of the greats amongst them, Christopher. Uh, tell us a little bit about the new season. Um, we started the new season. Episode four came out this week, so I guess we've been doing it for about a month now, which seems crazy. It's been going super fast. Um, but yeah, it's season two of Board of Flight the series. We've been working on it for the better part of two years now, um, and it was a long two years, and it's been a lot of work. Um, but uh, we're really proud of it, and um, people seem to really enjoy it. We've got guest stars like Rich Summer um, from Mad oh, Men, yeah. who's also a board game fan. Um, Check um, it out was, in the Dead of Winter episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was uh, dumb enough to, to agree to be on the thing. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been great. We've got seven episodes this season and then we'll have a holiday special later. Um, so about halfway through, but yeah, it's been really good. Is that like a Doctor Who holiday special? Kind of, kind of yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't know exactly what it's going to be this year. We did a Halloween special last year, um, and we'll probably stick something like that. I don't know if it's going to be like a Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors thing or what. We haven't oh, written please, it yet. Oh, please so be. We'll please be. That'd be awesome. If, if yeah. you're going to do a holiday special, though, you got to make fun of the Star Wars holiday special that no one remembers. Oh, no, hey, no. I have that on tape somewhere. Yeah. I, I love that special. And uh, uh, Tiffany, what have you been up to lately? You're and muted. Oh, I'm having my thing muted. Um, oh, you're eating. That's why I see what are you doing? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing my dinner. Um, lately, I've just been working a lot. Um, it's been a crazy year. I kind of put YouTube and board games on hold. And you, focused... you got married. I mean, well, that's... yeah, I also got married. The punk. Um, yeah, I got married last year uh, after Essen, and then we did like crazy holiday post-wedding things, and then my work kind of exploded in my face. But, um, so, like, YouTube review stuff has been all on hiatus, but I quit my job, so... Like, today? Today? <laughs> like, hopefully today. If not today, um, April 1st is my last day, and then I already have, like, some clips and stuff shot, review shot, that I just am in the process of editing, and I shot something, snowboarding, as I do, um, over... New Year's Day, and I totally left out so many stuff. I'm really rusty, but hopefully it'll be back on track. Everyone so it's, it's the return of the one tar. Yeah. I, have, yeah. I have a question for you with your last day of work on April 1st. Is this a goodbye, nice knowing you, or I'm screwing you over with a good April Fool's prank? This is a goodbye, nice scenario. I actually gave my resignation letter in February like early February that I would be quitting. I'm a teacher. So, um, yeah. So it was very easy. And I was just like, my last day will be the student's last day. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Oh, okay. So let's talk about media creation in Board Game Landia. Um, We have some questions already from the audience. David Tomes, hi, David. How are you doing? Uh, Asks, what is the biggest flaw that you guys see with most new media creators in Board Game Landia? And what can they learn from, you know, maybe watching Board with Life and the mistakes that you might have made? Um, biggest flaw with new creators, uh, they don't stick with it. Um, I see a lot of people, especially on, like, board game Reddit, like, our board games and stuff, because that's that kind of stuff where people are like, oh, I made a new channel, and they'll do, like, two videos, and that's it. Um, we were really lucky with Board with Life. I think we... So th- there's a ton of reviewers, right, and very established reviewers and stuff where it's just kind of somebody talking at a camera about board games, which, like, Tiffany does a good job of not doing that, right? She had something else with her reviews where she's in an interesting environment, stuff like that. Um, But there's just a ton of reviewers that are, like, standing in front of uh, their board game shelf like I am, and they just kind of talk at a camera about board games, which is fine, and that can be valuable, um, but that is a niche that's already completely established, right? Like, you're not going to beat the dice tower at being the dice tower, um, so don't try. So with Board with Life, um, we saw that there was nobody really making uh, narrative content about board games, where there, you know, video games had it with Video Game High School and the guilds and stuff like that. So we thought that was a way we could kind of contribute um, something new. And uh, we happened to have 
the expertise to do it. Um, so that was something we did. And then uh, sticking with it and just doing it over and over and over again. You're not going to be super popular the first time you do it. Um, consistency is super important. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I um, I think that's the main thing is, like, consistency, having certain time stuff comes out, and sticking with it. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with that a lot. A lot of... A lot of people start content and they'll do a few shows and then they disappear. Or I've even seen people that do a couple episodes or a couple pieces of content and then get really upset that people don't watch their stuff or, like, get upset that they don't get free stuff or <laughs> all those other things. And it's like, and they want to be like these other people, but they have to realize nobody's an overnight sensation. Like you have to make a lot of content before somebody will notice your content and then think, oh, hey, and look, they've been doing it for a while. Because if you have one really great video and then that's it, people people probably aren't going to be like, oh, we should check back with this person. So that was one, when I first started, one of the things that really locked me in was I did set a schedule for myself, and that really helped a lot with holding myself accountable. Um, and I didn't start getting noticed by people until way, like, five, six months after I had been doing an episode a week. So, yeah, it takes time. So you're saying there's hope that people might notice the Maple Syrup show someday. Pardon my French, but it, it, I agree with her. It's a shitload of work. It's not just a, oh, hey, I did this thing and I put it in there. It takes a lot of time. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good, good advice there, and I'm sure we'll circle around to some more uh, details on that. Thank you for the question from David. Uh, I gotta, I gotta jump into this question with Tiffany because uh, for me, uh, one of my all-time favorite videos are your videos at cons because they're like so intense because you get like you capture whole days and then you were crazy enough to put them up like. The night, um, <laughs> the same day, which would make me feel like I was at the con and all that. And then I now live in the backgrounds of those videos a lot. Of yeah, stuff. you're in the background but, of the Essendon. But yep. I'm sure people hearing the news that you're gonna be doing some videos are, are curious. Will you be able to hit any cons this year? Um. So one of the things that Steve and I have been talking a lot about, kind of like how my whole everything kind of derailed, and I think part of the reason why. I wasn't able to keep up with the channel was because I went to so many cons last year and I did so many vlogs and I just I burned myself out on it because it was a little crazy to do the whole film it and then edit it that night and then release it. So um, I'm gonna do a couple cons this year, but we're scaling back. So I'll be at Origins. Um, I'm gonna help Gil Hova mm -hmm. at his booth. And, oh, fun! Um, oh, I did read that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not sure if I'll vlog while I'm at Origins. We'll see. Currently, Steve and I are not planning on doing Origins. Or, sorry, no, Gen Con. I just said I was doing Origins. Um, so we're not, not planning on... Yeah, we're not doing Gen Con because Steve and I realize one of the biggest reasons we go to cons is to hang out with friends and, like, play games. And at Gen Con, it's impossible to do that, essentially. You're just running around like a crazy person, especially if I go as press. Um, yep. And so it's, it's just not as much fun. I like going to the smaller cons now because I actually get to see people. Um, and it's not insanely expensive or, like, hard to book rooms for, so there's that. Um, and then I also will be going to BGG, as usual, because uh, I love BGG. But just like this year, I don't think I'll be vlogging it. I didn't vlog BGG this year. I probably won't vlog it in 2016. Um, so, yeah, and then also, hopefully, Steve and I have been saving all year, and the plan is to do Essen again, but this time Steve comes. 
So, yeah. So those great. are the plans on the cons. I don't know if I'll be vlogging them all 100%, but um, the priority is doing reviews and that kind of content because vlogging was fun and I really do enjoy it. But it it burns me out a lot faster than doing standard Absolutely. reviews. And we don't want you to burn out. So this is good news to hear that you're finding a way that's sustainable while we still get our Tiffany footage. So Yeah, don't call it a comeback. She's been here for years. <laughs> And speaking of attending different cons and different types of social media, uh, Chris, we have another question from our audience, and it says, uh, looking at a balance between the different types of social media, uh, because, you know, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have YouTube, you have Reddit, you have, like, how, how do you, do you attack them all evenly, or is it just a, hey, we're going to put our feelers out, or how do you guys work it? Um, me personally, uh, I am all about Twitter for my own stuff, for my designs, and just kind of my own, like, connecting with other people in the board game community. Um, as Board With Life, we definitely hit them all. Um, Facebook, we do, and we only do, like, a couple posts a week, because you don't want to go overboard with that. And with the show, we've actually been promoting the posts, which is kind of a new thing. Um, and I, you know, it costs money. I don't know if it's worth it. Um... And then Twitter, we're a little bit more sparse there, but we'll post a couple times a day. It's We used to, with the Board With Life Twitter, it kind of be an amalgamation of me and some of the other people on Board With Life um, really interacting a whole lot. And now it's more of just kind of a marketing tool for Board With Life, and we have our own personal Twitters that we do that on. Um, YouTube, we obviously do. Um, that's We don't have a website or anything, so that's kind of where we're centralized. And then Reddit... Reddit is really useful and really valuable and really frustrating and difficult. Um, and it's not even all the negativity that Reddit generally gets viewed as having because our board games is, is better than Reddit in general. It's not, you know, it can still, people can still be really negative, but um, it's just they, they have their posting criteria where you're supposed to, you know, contribute 90% that's not yours and then all this stuff and ghost banning and it's 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 way more difficult to navigate. So it's definitely a thing that if you are going to use Reddit, which again it can be very valuable. When we'll post a video, we generally get to the top and that's worth like somewhere between like a thousand and two thousand views. So like it's it can really help um, put you on the map if you have good content. But you need to make sure that you've been really active in Reddit as a community in general um, prior to that. So yeah, I mean we use them all. Twitter's my favorite just because I can personally connect with people more, and I have a lot of friends that I only get to see at cons and stuff, um, so we can kind of keep in touch and stuff like that. And also from a professional standpoint on, like, my design side, it's really easy to, like, um, build relationships with publishers and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, yeah, Reddit is, like, a an unnavigable sea of, like, crap that I don't understand yet, so yeah. I, I just... Don't even say. Oh, you, you do understand it. That's all you have to. Have. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I understand I it's a sea of crap. There's such. There's really cool stuff there, and like I do weekly board game news, so it's really it's a good place for me to kind of keep up with like what people are actually interested in. Where it's like I get most of my news from like the BGG news feed um, and like Dice Tower news, but Reddit I can kind of tell when like a game goes up and everyone's freaking out about it. Like, uh, the new John Gilmore and uh, the Wasteland Express, yeah. People, like, freaked out over that. Um, 
so I knew, like, I definitely need to report on this game. Um, but, yeah, I, it's it's definitely a challenge, and it's definitely frustrating. Yeah. It's like a full-time job managing social media accounts. It is. Yeah, it really yeah is. I don't know if people understand that, but it's a horrendous amount of time. It is. Yeah. Effort. And learning, because each one is like learning a new uh, etiquette or a new style. Yeah, new culture. Yeah, yeah you, you can't reach through Twitter and punch people. That sucks. <laughs> it does. It does really, really suck. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, we have a question um, about the frequency for content creation. You said that you know you can get burned out really easily, and it mm -hmm. happens. And I mean, we're oh, just so you guys all know, we're uh, we are shutting down for the summer when Daryl and I are mostly at con conventions all summer. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert. So we didn't do a big fundraising campaign, and we'll get to fundraising campaigns in a second uh, for board game content creation. We didn't do a fundraising campaign this summer for the summer shows, so we'll be starting up again in September, uh, calling it uh, semi-quits, not quits, but we're not going to be doing a weekly show. Um, how did you manage the weekly shows? How did you manage your schedule? You say you stick to one which kept you accountable, but it also kind of, you know, killed you a little bit from the inside out. Uh, it depends. Well, so when I was mostly, before I was doing vlogs um, for the con, the season of cons as I call it, um, when I was only doing one or two vlogs, or one or two cons where I was doing vlogs, it was really easier to maintain the schedule, which you get into a flow where you say, okay, I'm going to release a content every Tuesday or maybe every Thursday, whatever. You pick a day of the week and you say, okay, this is the day that my videos are going to drop. And then you basically generate this kind of pipeline that leads up to it. Like, whenever I would go any place or do anything, I would shoot a review. And so I had this goal of, okay, I had to shoot at least one review every week, usually on the weekend. And then... I would have scheduled time. There's there's the process of the video as it goes through. So you shoot it, and then you do what I call the rough cut, where basically I just take everything that I shot and I dump it into a timeline, and then I say, okay, what is usable from this this chunk of footage that I took? And I'm not talking about, like, is it usable in regards to did I say the right thing? Because I repeat myself a lot in a lot of reviews, so I have multiple clips and multiple angles. It's more of... I, like, cut out the things where, like, I am staring at a bird for, like, five <laughs> minutes or something like that. Or, like, I'm turning on the camera and picking it up so you get, like, that weird jarring footage or whatever. So you cut out all of the weird bits so that you only have usable clicks, and that's my rough cut. And then I would do another work session where I start building the story of the review. So that's where I have to watch it all over again and figure out, okay... What kind of story can I build? What momentum do I have? What is the order of the review? And then the other thing is, is sometimes I get a little ambitious and I have background stories happening in regards to the surroundings around me. For example, my DC deck builder episode, I'm entirely, or review, I'm entirely on escalators for the entire review. And so I had to not only make sure that my content order made sense, but that the direction I was moving on an escalator matched the pattern I was going for. So it's like weird things like that that You're I... such an artiste. That's like an OK Go video. <laughs> there's... <laughs> it wasn't that bad. And then there's, there's a fun one. There's a fun game if people are really bored. Go and watch my older videos before, like, basically my first, like, 12 or whatever reviews and look for Steve in the background. Because he and I started dating not too long after I started reviewing 
doing video reviews, and he and I would be a lot of places together, and I would do a review, but he didn't want to be on the camera or anything like that because he's really shy. And so there's this dude in the background of a ton of my videos kind of loitering, <laughs> and a few people have called him out, but they don't. I don't think they don't realize it's Steve. But it's a pretty fun it's like, like where's Waldo? game. Where's Waldo? But it's where Steve. Bored. <laughs> Little puzzle moment. Little puzzly. Yeah. That's funny. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go, go, go. And I say there's there was a guy in England that did the exact same thing. Anytime there was a news story, he would find out where the news truck was and he would stand off in the back and then one of the people at the T V station finally realized this, so they tracked the guy down and did a news story on it. He's like, Oh yeah, I just wanted to be in the background on T V and da, da, da. But he was in like fifteen other news stories and people were like, Why is this guy always there? That's amazing. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing. That's basically Steve. So, so I would do that, right? So I have the story editing, and the story editing is the thing that actually takes the longest. And then I also, after I do the story editing, um, I have somebody else, preferably, watch it to make sure it makes sense and like my review makes sense and there's a flow. Because what a lot of people don't realize is I'm shooting it out of order a lot of the times. Like I'll, I'll have a thought and I'll say it to the camera, and then like five minutes later, I'll have a thought that is relevant to that one, so I'll film it. So I like need to reorder things. Yeah, if you've ever walked around a con with Tiffany, it's like it's like scattered thoughts all the time, <laughs> and then taking out the camera and recording them. It's pretty fun. I record everything. If you're ever with me at a, at a it's yeah, it's basically <laughs> I just like every absent thought that I have just goes into the camera, and then I deal with it later. <laughs> So, it'll, it'll, it'll get out in the editing, you know, it'll come out on the floor, right? So, yeah. It is. So, the process, you get in this, I would get in this schedule flow, and so after I did the story cut, then I would have one last cut round where I would just go through and fine-tune everything and make sure that it still made sense, got rid of any extra long pauses, and then I add the B-roll on top of that and all this other stuff. Um, so, you get into this flow, and I would have this whiteboard that had a schedule of what video was in what process of the flow, and it kind of is just this snowball, and as long as I wouldn't miss an editing date, essentially, um, it just would run itself, but as soon as I started missing editing dates because I was tired or I was vlogging or something like that, it's kind of all unraveled, and it became really hard to maintain a schedule. And Oh, we might be losing Tiff. It's, it's the domino effect, like she was saying. Yeah, so it's, it's caught up she, with her. It's caught up with her, literally. She wanted to show us the metaphor. Yes. We should all so, freeze. Yeah, I'll freeze. And then she goes For a second, yeah. then everyone so, watching live will be like, what well, the... <laughs> let's just meanwhile, I'm, to... I'm actually going to switch gears slightly, uh, yep. because that was great stuff. And I'm going to jump back with, uh, to Christopher um, and ask a little bit, because you're also, not only are you in media, but you're now a game designer. True. And our show is about uh, design, and we always love to learn about different aspects of the industry. But we also can pick your brain a bit about your designs. What got you? What got you into design, and what projects are you currently working on? Um, I I got in. I started doing the media stuff without any intent of designing. It wasn't like I wanted to like build a following so that I could design or anything like that. We made board with life because. We're filmmakers, and we wanted to make a web series, and we liked board games, and we put yeah. stuff together. I love um, that. And then from that, I just got further into the hobby and met a lot of designers and stuff like that um, and had some ideas, and I started playing with them. Was and was then, your first game the one that was in the Nerd Nighters yeah. contest? Because yeah. we got to – Sen and I got to be judges on that. And you yeah, I liked that quite a bit. Fantastic entry. 
I, I wound up uh, actually signing that with Tasty Minstrel, um, but it's it's uh, going to be different because it was a two-player only game because we had yeah, a yeah, yeah. limit. Yeah. So uh, I expanded it to fit two to four players. So I'm now developing it because obviously that changed the game a lot. Um, Very to hear that. But yeah, that was my first finished design. I, I had been working on another one that I then finished that I signed with Action Fans that's coming out later this year. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. That's a great company. Yeah, and then um, I'm working on like four others right now um, with varying degrees of uh, my purple hair. I'm taking over for Tiffany. Oh, oh, I see. I get it now. I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that was a light bulb. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not a light bulb. It's hair. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on. Uh, a couple other designs. I'm working on an RPG design. Um, just kind of exploring a lot of different stuff uh, and really enjoying it. Very cool. Awesome. We'll have to circle around on that, but uh, we're going to pass the baton to the crazy Tyler with the purple hair now. Pardon? Except there's yeah. no Tiffany. There's no Tiffany to ask questions. No, there's to. no Tiffany to ask. So, so actually, you... you know what? Why don't we ask Tyler a question? I'm going to ask Tyler yeah. a question. Tyler. Tyler also fits this category of reviewer who sees many, many games. Yeah. Yep. Tyler, do you think that it's necessary to be involved in all the different social media type things? Uh, all You know, all the Twitch, YouTube, podcasting, Periscope, um, so live streaming as well as... Our Reddit and Twitter and whatnot. Snapchat. What do you think? Snapchat. Snapchat right now. Ignacy is pushing it hard. Um, hilarious. Un- unfortunately, I think you do have to. Just because there are certain people that won't use Facebook. There are certain people that just don't like Twitter. And as a media creator, you want to try to reach as many people as you can. But unless this as Tiffany has said, it's a lot of work doing all that stuff. Unless this is your job and this is what you're doing and you have time to spend four hours a day doing every social media thing, it's not going to work. I'm, I'm with Sen. I don't get Reddit at all. Like When I first started Twitter, I was like, oh my goodness, Twitter? Really? But that's where people are that I had to reach, so I had to go with the flow and eventually you have to just get into it. Um, I personally, eventually you'll get you'll get big enough, so to speak. I mean, if you're in it for the fame, then more power to you. I just wanted to tell people about board games, so I use those media outlets to share that information I've created. Um, but when it comes down to it, if people like my stuff, they're going to find out where they can follow me, and then I can limit as to where I'm I'm releasing that information. But I think a smart person would dabble in all of them a little bit just to get your brand out there, but eventually you're going to be big enough, like I said, that the people will they will build it and they will come. Welcome back, Tiffany. Did you like my hair? I don't know if you saw it. I, I was Tiffany for a while. Can you see the purple? Very nice, very nice. Thank you very much. Sorry, my router completely died. We had to reset the whole thing. <laughs> in terms of social media, I think... You have to have some sort of social media, right? People want to, on the internet, people want to like feel like they know you to a degree, right? And so you're some sort of personality. And I kind of feel like Twitter is required just period. Yeah. Uh, and then everything else is sort of icing on the cake. 
And some people really focus in hard on, like, one and dominate it. Um, but I would say Twitter is almost not optional. Uh, yeah. But all the rest kind of you figure out what works and you, you go there. Mm-hmm. But that's the, funny, that's the funny thing. They don't know you at all because I've gone to conventions and people that follow me and comment and know this and that and you reply to them. They walk up to you and it's like, oh, hi, Christopher. And you're uh-huh. like, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Da, da, da. Are you enjoying the convention? Um, uh, yeah. And they just kind of walk away. It's like, okay, did you want to meet me or what? Yeah. But yeah, it is. Weird. It's definitely weird. I when I when we first started Board with Life, BGG Con was the first con we went to. Like since people had seen what our faces looked like, basically, um, and we had people come up to us, and I was really taken aback. Like I, that people recognize us at all, and people would come up and be like, "Oh, hey, I really like Board with Life," and I'd be like, "Thanks," and then like we'd just be silent and like <laughs> look at each other, and I was like, "Oh no, neither one of us thought." What happens next? Like, <laughs> as far as we got. So now, it's, now that I'm like more used to it, it's now I always go like, "Thanks, that's great. Are you having a good con? What have you seen here that you liked? What games have you played? Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff." And then you can actually talk because we do have something in common that we like board games, so we can talk about board games. Um, uh, nerdy awkwardness. It's awesome. Exactly. So I think that that works really well, and that's actually cool too because you can get like find out about stuff that maybe you missed at the con or. Things like that, um, but yeah, it's definitely weird. I also have people occasionally at like Gen Con and stuff that will just like shout my name from like. <laughs> yeah. That happens all the time, and yeah. I don't know why. And I don't know who did it. There's like a thousand people around me, and they like just and it's like okay, I don't I don't know what what and, and I got out of that. But they I won't guess yell your. That. Sometimes they don't yell your name. They just yell your yell your show names like maple syrup, and they run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I guess I, I went to game night on Monday and I'm turning the corner onto Dundas Street and there was a like a ten year old kid staying on the corner. You're like, that's the bearded maple. And I'm like driving by my car and I'm like, Hello? What what the heck? It's a little creepy actually. <laughs> it, it was weird. And I didn't even have my stranger danger shirt on. It was like, What? <laughs> uh Tiffany, uh you go to a lot of conventions last year as you said. Um how did you find uh fan or people interaction? Uh, how, do, how does that work with you when you're filming? Do people give you space? Do they just walk up and, Tiffany, Tiffany? It's I've had both. I've had people that basically see me and, like, if I'm filming, they'll wave and then, like, move to the background and, like, but they won't, and, and I don't even see what they're doing because I'm filming, so it's not until I edit that I know that they did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tiffany's got a pretty one-track mind when she's filming. Especially seeing filming and walking at the same time. <laughs> Nothing else kind of penetrates the zone. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Steve <laughs> is my body shield. When Steve is with me at cons, he walks in front of me so I don't run into anyone. But um, sometimes they'll, like, video bomb me and, like, wave or something. And then sometimes I've had the ones that I prefer and, like, is the ones where they'll, like, they'll wait respectfully, <laughs> like, in front of me, and then when I'm done, they'll be like, oh, hi! And and they'll introduce themselves, which is good. Um, it was really weird in Essen. I was, like, so I was, I've been recognized at Gen Con and Origins and BGG and all of those, and people are really nice, and, and I've had some really good conversations with people, um, especially at Gen Con when I run into folks. But at Essen, it was, like, this whole new level of people recognizing me and being excited um, I think partially because they were, were just very excited. It was yeah. 
they were just like, holy cow, you're here. And, like, um, I had... I remember so- meeting you at Gen Con last year. Yeah. We met at Origins first, though. Right? No, that was another fat guy with a red beard. <laughs> yeah, Tyler wasn't there. I, didn't go to I met you at Gen Con last year. For, it was at the Nerd Nighters thing. Yes. I'm confusing you with the other person with a red beard. That's okay. There's lots of them. <laughs> But I wore your pin. I had your bearded meatball pin, and I took it to Essen. It was on my lanyard at Essen, and I lost it somewhere in Germany. I'll and send I, you. I'll send you more, and I'll send you a fridge magnet. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Um, but Essen was really. On with the show. <laughs> Essen was really trivial. People were like really excited to see me. Like, there's somebody tweeted me recently a selfie that they took with me at Essen. That was the first time that happened. People wanted to take their picture with me to see that they met me. And it was usually, the people that wanted to do that were usually Brazilian. I had, like, three of them ask, and one of them tweeted the picture at me, like, hey, remember when this happened, <laughs> like, the other day? Um, but it was, I, yeah, it was very interesting. And then, oh, my God, I had the most awkward fan interaction ever. I was, I was it was my last night in Nessun, and Daryl was, like, going crazy doing all of his game stuff, so I was just, like, I'm out. And I, this isn't a vlog. I haven't, I haven't edited this footage yet, but... Um, so I'm, I decided I just want food, and I didn't want, like, the kebab place we'd been going to. I just wanted, like, real food, which, as a vegetarian in Germany, it's very hard to do. So I went to this, like, pub place that somebody had said was good, and they turned out to have some really good food there. But I'm sitting there, and I take a picture of my beer, and it apparently they were, it was in a stein that was specifically to that restaurant. And I tweeted it. Like, I tweeted, this is my last night in Essen, got to get a local beer. And somebody started wandering around the pub, like, after I tweeted that, somebody came wandering to, like, the corner of the pub looking like he was looking for somebody, and I was like, okay, this is weird. And then he went away. And then him and somebody else came back and was, like, wandering around, and they saw me, and they were like, oh, my God, you're here! And I was like, oh, hi, this is weird. And they were like, I saw your tweet, and I was like, oh, my God, she's in the same bar as us! And, like, they were super excited. I was like, oh, okay. And so I said hi and, like, all this other stuff. And then they left. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to eat my wheel. That was really weird. Yay. And then I go back and I look at Twitter, and it's somebody replies to my tweet, and it's the designer of Panamax and Nippon, Bruno, um, or I can't say his last name. Yep. Um, but it was it was the designers of Panamax. <laughs> and I'm like, so then I start fangirling about the fact that, like, the designers of Pan-girl, Panamax were fangirling about seeing me in the same pub they were in, in Germany, and it was like this weird, awkward thing of doom, and then eventually they came over and were like, oh my god, we should have invited you to join us, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and then I was like, no, it's fine. Nerd awkwardness all over again, this is awesome. It was crazy awkward, but it was was just so funny to me, because that was, I don't even know, like I'm, Essen was such a trip for me, because people were very excited to see me, and at the same time, people were like, who the hell are you, you stupid American? <laughs> well, that's, that's, just, that's just Europe in general. Um, hey, I got a question. This one comes from Scott Gaeta from Renegade Games. He asks, do you guys feel that traditional websites have become obsolete as far as social interaction between publishers and their audience? Industry people want to know what other industry people think. What do you think, Chris? It depends what kind of how you use it. Um, there are certain companies' websites that I definitely use. I definitely use them to get information, I guess. Um, and there's some blogs that I read. I don't know. 
I think I'm a pretty specific audience in terms of like reading about specific production of games and stuff just because I'm interested in that. Um, whereas I think more casual board game fans probably aren't as much. Um, but I mean, I, they're definitely good for just getting like raw information about a game or when it's coming out and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I guess I use them less than other media to kind of find that out. Uh, so I don't. I wouldn't say that they're obsolete, but they certainly don't. They, I mean, they're certainly not the sole way that you kind of have uh, a dialogue or a communication between people and a company, like you know, you did five or ten years ago. So, you know, I I, I think you need, if not, you know, smaller companies. Obviously, you're not going to have a dedicated social media person, but that's probably a person that you should hire sooner than later because that's kind of like the voice and face of your company for most people mm -hmm. um, because most people just don't go to company websites anymore. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like you need to have at least a landing page mm -hmm. for your company. It kind of shows that you're a real company and then you just put your product line up there. That's a, at the bare minimum. So yeah, I think, I think it's still important, but having a social media presence is more important but then you look, like, you look at like Stonemaier Games and because you know Jamie Stegmaier is adding like contributing a really valuable thing to people through his website um, with his like Kickstarter blog and all that kind of stuff right you know that's a whole different beast yeah um, I mean he's and, creating a lot of content there exactly so it's kind of a unique or different kind of thing than a lot of publishers how they're using their websites right yeah. So I think if you're, and I think that's true if you're a designer, if you're in the media side of it, if you're a publisher, no matter what, you've got to look at, like, what you're contributing to the hobby. And, yep. you know, it's fine if you're a publisher and you're just contributing good games. That's fine. But to really kind of, like, take a foot, you look at, like, Portal Games. I think Ignacy does an incredible job of, like, being all over social media, all over, like, all sorts of stuff, contributing in a ton of different ways. So he is, like, the face of his company in a very real way. Um, and I think that makes a lot of people, like, kind of diehard Portal Games fans just because of that. Right, he's so, so accessible. Right. So it's not required by any means, but obviously he's adding value to um, his company and selling more games because he's doing that, which... It costs a lot of time, but it doesn't cost a lot of money to do. Um, so if you're a publisher, if you you know if you're if you look at like Daniel Solis from the design side of it, um, he contributes a ton in his blog and his Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and he's very open with everything. Or like obviously you guys with Maple Syrup, so it's like you're contributing a thing that helps a lot of other people. That while it yes, it probably helps you as well. Like if you're doing it to help other people. I think that's what people really like, and I think that's a thing, like, from the media side. If you're doing reviews to get free board games, first off, board games aren't that expensive. Uh, you're not getting anything. And second, um, like, don't. Just don't. Like, they, go buy board games or go join a board game group where you don't have to buy them if that's the issue. Like, it's stupid. The so, time like, investment to return on getting free yeah. board games is not worth it. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. And so, like, don't do that. And you should do it because you want, A, if you have a unique voice, and B, if you really, truly want to, like, tell people your thoughts on games. And that's the only reason you're doing it, is you want to do that. 
and other stuff may come of it, but, you know, you're, and you're also not going to stick with it if you're doing it for any other reason, because as we've said before, it's way too much work, it's way too much of a time commitment for, like, very little return in any kind of monetary sense, and all you're going to get is, like, maybe some people kind of like you. Yeah. yeah. Free pants. I want free pants. He needs free pants. Needs. Not just wants. Please. Pants. Yes. Pants. Pants. Yeah. Quick follow up to that question. Just on a question in the question of social media and engagement and things like that. How many companies? Okay, we've already talked about Portal. How many other companies do you think are doing it right in terms of social engagement, not just pushing, not just pushing ads? Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Is anybody else doing it right? Is there anybody else other companies should model? Um, yes, there are. Um, I think a lot of, you so you look at like a smaller company like Foxtrot Games. Yeah. Um, I think Randy's modeling kind of a lot of what he's doing off of Jamie Segmeyer with kind of sure. the content that he's providing and writing blogs that are informative and useful. Or like yeah. you guys did, uh, like with, um, the bros, your sin, your Thing. The Bamboozle Brothers. Yeah, Bamboozle Brothers. Sorry, um, that kind of thing uh, where it's contributing content. I think that there are people that are really active on stuff. I'm trying to think of like specific examples. There are there certainly are companies that are contributing cool content in interesting ways. I think it's really important if you're a small company and like a Kickstarter company and stuff like that. Yeah, um, the personality is a big part of it. Like yeah. So, um, like, Patrick, Patrick is a huge personality that everybody Or, like, Stephen Blonicar. Yeah. Like, yeah. That kind of thing where being the face of your company in a way that yep. is yep. notable. Mm -hmm. um, Even James Matthew, Matthew from, from Minion. Yeah. It can really endear people to your product, right? Where it's like, I don't necessarily like all of the games that you make or anything like that, but it doesn't mean that I'm not like, interested in seeing you do well and wanting to support you because you seem like a nice person. Um, so, you know, the industry is definitely small enough that, like, if you seem like a nice guy or a nice girl, like, it can go a long way. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I agree. The niceness factor. Oh, there is feedback. Yeah, someone's... Uh, I, mean, I have headphones. I have headphones. Oh, it's Chris. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Chris, Chris, Chris. Dun, dun, dun. That's a little more introduction game. Okay, is it feedbacking now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me go find headphones and stuff. You find, you find headphones. I'm going to ask Tiffany a question here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know for a fact, because especially because you play test uh, games with Steve, uh, but also you are friends with a lot of designers, mm -hmm. that you play test stuff, or you play test games for me, um, you meet lots of people, and you're really nice with people that you meet. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with especially new designers, because that's uh, some of our audience, um, and and maybe some tips on how they could approach media when they're at cons, because sometimes it's awkward, sometimes yeah. people are pushy, you know, anything like that. I know it can be intimidating, but also there, there's probably some tips that people could grab from yeah. your experience. Um. So I get approached. I do. I get approached quite a bit by new designers that are looking for me to like make a video or something for their content. Um, one of the biggest annoyances that I have in that regard is when they're like, "Hey, the Kickstarter goes live next week. Will you make a video for me?" And I'm like, 
no. <laughs> like, it takes weeks to make a video. And if I need to, if I'm going to make a video, I'm going to make sure that I've played the game a lot so that I know the game well enough where I can be standing on a mountain without the rules and tell ever, all the rules and thoughts and opinions about the game. Um, so it's one of those things where you kind of, you really do have to put in your your due diligence when it comes to getting in contact with media and doing reviews. You can't just, it can't be this last second thing where you're like, hey, make content about my thing and just shove it at them. Um, I, and the other one is, is if you have already built a relationship with the media person that isn't revolving around them generating content for you, um, it helps. There's a lot of, there's a lot of situations where, um, I have just playtested games for people. Like, they'll send me a game, and it's just rough paper, paper prototypes, and that's fine. And I'll play it, and I'll give feedback, and, and that kind of stuff. And I'll mail everything back, or I'll mail it on to another playtester, no problem. And then if I like that game when I was playtesting it, if something happens and they, like, they accelerate production or they're getting to the point where they're going to kickstart or something, then we'll... Um, then if they reach out and say, hey, can you do a Kickstarter for this game that you playtested, you know, last month, I'm a lot more likely to say yes because I have played it and I knew if I liked it or not and the relationship has already been established. And it's one of those things where, like, when you're making and designing a game, you need to design, you need to playtest it a ton and you need to get opinions of a lot of people before it gets to the, like, let's advertise about it stage. And one of the most... <laughs> the best resources you can have are people like me or Tyler or Chris that are very public about their love of board games and are very public about their like willingness and all this other stuff and, and are willing and have time to maybe play a playtest of, of a game or something. So that's one of the reasons why I have so many designer friends is because I really dig playing prototypes and I'm willing to play prototypes. Um, so if you have any people that you like their content for and you think that they might be down to play your game, ask if they're willing to try a playtest to give you feedback and, and get that, because you need feedback anyway, so, you know, might as well two for one it. So, yeah. Also, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Make sure that you know you didn't just Google board game reviews and stuff, because Board With Life, we don't do reviews. We've never done reviews. That's not a thing we do. That's not what our content is. And basically every day we get requests going like, hey, I've got a Kickstarter coming up. Can you do a review for my game? Or like, oh, I really love your channel. I'd love for you to do a review for my game. And it's like, you never watched any of my... Like, you couldn't be bothered to watch a minute of anything I've ever done. Why would I spend any time doing something for you? So, like, being a member... It kind of goes back to what Tiffany said. Like, being a member of the community is really important. Uh because you, it's just insulting, and it means that, like, even if two years from now you've become a member and you actually know what's going on and blah, 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 I'm going to remember that my first impression of you <laughs> is that you asked me to do you a favor when clearly you had no idea what I did. So, yeah, don't be a giver. Like, all this stuff, give. Like, contribute to the community, and it will be good. Don't just oh, yeah, expect for it to do stuff for you. Give before yeah. you take, right? Yeah, I get... I haven't posted a new video since like November or something. No, I did. I did like a Hubble one, but I haven't posted a review since April of last year. That's pretty and crazy. And I still get video. I still get messages 
like a couple a week asking me to do a video review for people. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler, do you have another yeah. question? Uh, no, I thought you were going to ask Tiffany and then we're going oh, to wrap I up I can do that, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Tiffany, um, this is a question from Matt Loomis. <laughs> Daryl's laughing his head off at me. <laughs> is he? Oh. Uh, so Matt asked, do you like do you dislike the fact that you are kind of forced to report on popular topics or hot topics as opposed to things that you might really want to cover? I think Chris would be a good one to reply to this too because he does that news segment. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do have a tiny, and then I'll, and I'll pass it to Chris. Sure. Um, it does kind of make me a little sad because some of my most favorite games are ones that turns out they're out of print. Like, Steve and I had a rough, we had a really rough month um, with a lot of, like, personal stuff and family stuff going on. Um, and so at one point we were just like, F it, we're going to play Red November because it's going, like, this is our life at this point, so let's just drink vodka and be gnomes <laughs> on a sub. Um, and so we played Red November and Steve was like, oh my god, I forgot how much I love this game. Do, do you want to do it? We should do a review of it. Like, there's that sub down at the... There's actually a sub at the museum oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can yeah. go around it and like I was like, Oh my god, that's brilliant. Wait, is it in print? And it turns out it's out of print and I'm like, well, It's coming back. It is, but it's one of those things where yeah. it's like <laughs> this happens constantly. And I've had a few people leave comments that are very sad, like, You did this great review for a game that's out of print. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. As as far as from my perspective during the weekly news, um, I do it on whatever I want to do it on. I don't care. Uh, so if you'll notice, whenever a game comes out that is a Euro game with dice in it, it's going to be in my new segment because those are my favorite like sub-subgenres of games. Yeah. Um, any news about Feld, any news about Rosenberg, like I'm going to report on it. Um, honestly, most weeks I do usually four to five little news segments. Honestly, there's really not four to five like, that many more stories that I'm having to cut out. Sometimes, like, with Gamma Trade Show, I am not getting to, like, a quarter of the stuff. Um, so I pick and choose more on those weeks where there's a lot of news. But I'll do, like, this week's news that I just posted today, uh, like, the Kickstarters for Yakitori, um, which is not, you know, it's not going to make $100,000. It's not going to probably make $10,000. It's probably going to make, like, two to $5,000. But I think it's really cool. Um, so cool. I, I, yeah. So I did it because it's that's, interesting. That's Christopher Urenko's game, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all like laser cut with wood. Um, <laughs> and so, and I also kind of am more interested in like boosting the signal on a Kickstarter like that than like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they don't need it. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still did Teenage Mutant. I just get it. I just, uh, uh, but um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'll do it on anything that I think is really interesting or new or whatever. And I don't know. Uh, I don't report the stories that other people report because I feel like I have to. It's just generally those are the big stories and board games because, you know, it's not like there's a thousand things happening every week uh, that are notable in the hobby. So, yeah. Can I just pass it over to, to uh, Tyler quickly? Um, because you started yeah. by reviewing very odd games. Yeah. Yes. I was I was going to be all over this in the after show, but I'm glad you're asking now. It's good. Um, yes, that's that's a good thing Chris was uh, talking about there because if a new game comes out, the hotness, 
and oh, God, okay. ten different people do it on Dice Tower, which don't get me into that. <laughs> and then, you know, the That's other the 20 show. people that are big reviewers do it. I don't need to do it. There's enough videos out there that everyone everyone can watch something, but no one has done a video for Flip You, which is one of my new favorite games. No one's done a video for, you know, this game or this game because, yeah, that's the hotness. People know about that, but I want to tell them about these other 30 games that came out that week that are really good, too. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really yeah. neat thing. I mean, well, I mean, the hotness list just kind of is a self-perpetuating thing that yeah. it's hot, it's going to just be hot. Yep. And it'll still be hot, and then it'll get even hotter. And then those little games, they, they sort of statistically they, they get pushed down even further and further, and they the media kind of loses the eye on it. So just uh, I mean, there's a lot of really neat little games out there that uh, Tyler has shone a little bit of spotlight on. So it's nice to see that. Yeah. Well, and also at the same point, a, the the hobby is growing like crazy, and there's a lot of people that are getting into it that are still relatively new, and so. The review that I shot recently was for what a lot of people would consider a classic board game, but I'm probably going to get people that watch that review and are go, wow, I've never heard of it, but I've seen it everywhere. So, yeah. I mean, the cult of the new, I kind of give up on the cult of the new, because you have to basically race Rado and <laughs> Jewel Eddie, and you know, like the big names, you have to race them to get your and they're all getting copies just, early anyways. Yeah. yeah, they're getting review copies way before you can buy them anyway, so why even bother kind of thing? Like, just review what you want and that you're passionate about because that passion will come out in your video and it'll be better. That's a really good point. Alright, well um, I, I have one more question before we get to last questions. I just I want to bounce back to, to Chris. Uh, we, we heard a little bit about a couple games that are signed, but we always like to ask designers too, what stuff are they working on now? Are you able uh, to, to tell us a little bit about what you're tinkering with, what mechanics or themes you're playing with? Yeah, um, I am working on, I'm pretty far along on one, two, three games, three games. Um, one of them is called Pathways right now, it won't be called Pathways, it's just kind of like my code name, where I played Mombasa, um, and I really, really like... that game! Yeah, I really oh, liked the way the books worked, mm -hmm. but I thought that they were uh, totally poorly balanced for the game, and... yeah. Basically, two of the people I was playing with completely 100% ignored the books, and they won by a huge margin. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, what if I designed a game entirely around how these work? Nice. So it kind of has the Mombasa card thing where everyone simultaneously plays three cards face down in front of them, um, but there's no um, worker placement or anything in it, like in Mombasa, where your cards have your actions on them. It's multi-use cards, and then they have a monetary value on them, and then they have a resource on them, usually. They Ooh. sometimes don't. Yep. And so your the monetary value that's on your cards is how much money you have to spend that round, and you can buy other cards that are more powerful, or you could buy things like in Mombasa, the books, which are um, tiles, and you're building a pathway with tiles, or I might make it like a skyscraper while you're building up, but basically you're building a, a route where you start and then move across it, and then those have a resource cost that you have to move across them. So after you play your cards, they go um, above your play area, and they stay there until you take one back each turn. And the resources on the cards are what you use to move across the pathways. So once they're above, you know, like basically taken out of your hand and you can't use the actions or money, and they have to sit there um, while you build up resources, and then you can move across as many um, spaces as you want with those resources. 
Um, so it's my first midweight uh, Euro design, so it's it's really interesting, but uh, there's still a decent amount of work left to be done on it, but it's working pretty well, and it's, it's pretty interesting um, right now. And then I'm working on a lightweight sort of party. It's more of like a social game. It fits six players, or if you combine two sets, it fits ten players, because I really like um, games that fit a large play count without necessarily being party games, like Seven Wonders or... Robo Rally or Formality or the Crazy Carts, the new one from Portal that fit eight, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically a drafting game, but it uses apples to apples mechanics where you have a hand of cards and you're giving cards to one player. Everyone simultaneously gives cards to one player. They look through them and pick one of the cards and they play that one. And if they picked your card, you get to play a card from your hand into your tableau. Um, and I'm designing two different decks that can be combined together that kind of, one of them's like a beginner deck and one of them's like intermediate. Um, so I'm going to bring that one to Unpub and definitely be testing that one there because I need to test with like 10 people, which is kind of hard to get together. Yeah, and you get just the right crowd of people that are interested in playing. Now I'm sad that I'm missing Unpub. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have it at every convention, so. Yeah. <laughs> you will be there. Play I am with sad, me. too. Un- yeah. Unpub is wonderful. I'm really going to miss Unpub this year. It's, uh, yeah. It was one of my favorite cons of last year. Yeah. And then I'm working on a, uh, an indie RPG, a rules light indie RPG that's, uh, long story short, basically um, you're related to the player on your left and your right where it's about monsters, but it's kind of like the human side of monsters and stuff like that. So if I'm, say, um, the human side of the person on my right and they're the werewolf side of the monster, so both of us are playing one character, but they oh, play neat. the werewolf yeah. and I play the human, and then say I'm the vampire to the human on my left... Um, and there's a, you're trading, sometimes you have to, like, when you're rolling dice, you can roll more dice if you give some tokens to the monster side of you, where you're, like, pulling their power or their evil or whatever. Um, (laughs) and then the monsters have mechanics where they can then use those tokens. So, for example, the werewolf, like, if they get ten tokens, they can just take over your thing (laughs) for, like, three whole scenes. So if you're the werewolf, you're only going to get to play, like, the werewolf maybe once in a whole game, but it's going to be crazy, whereas if you're the vampire, you can exchange, like, one or two tokens to kind of, like, turn other people against people, and you're kind of moving in the shadows, stuff like that. Sounds um, interesting. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, those sound great. Let me know uh, when I get to play on the cons. Yeah, that sounds great. Love to. The path one, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that one. It's I've, I've only designed lightweight <laughs> games uh, that are pretty simple. This one's a lot, so it's a lot more mm-hmm. to like know what I need to tweak and wear, but it's it's working pretty well. Cool. Very very interested in that. Uh, Tyler, you want to ask uh, one of the uh, last questions? Question. I've been waiting for this because I always screw up last question. Tiffany, what have two people that me in the industry as a how did you manage to not how did you manage to screw up the question you're not going to screw up because the internet like, turned him into a little robot you know, awesome. robot. try it again try it again you sendified that by the seat of my pants you don't have pants <laughs> say that again try again Tyler try again what don't try that again do you have to what? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, so you need to ask your question. question again. No, you ask. You have to ask it again because nobody. No one. The internet. It. The internet turned you into a robot. 
You got choppy. Oh, oh, sorry. My question is, Tiffany, do you give to people? <laughs> Dude. Solar game world. He did it again. Are you doing <laughs> I wish we had control of this. I wish this was on purpose, but, but it totally it is not. <laughs> I hope you write write your question in the chat and said or I will read it for you. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll ask you the question, Tiff, and then you can try to get the question out. Wait, um, need, Tyler needs to write the question out in the yeah. chat. Yeah, type it. Type it in the chat. Oh, he he's left. We've. Oh no, here he's back. Yeah, he's so, talking. Tiff, I'll I'll ask Tiffany the last question for Tyler then. Um, do you feel pressured into being positive in your content? What advice would you get? Would you give to new content creators on being critical, being positive, and, you know, not necessarily sucking up to the man? Um, okay. So, I do feel pressured to feel positive. I, oh my gosh, the most negative review I've ever done was of Small World, and it was still, like, a really positive spin on Small World. I basically was like, I don't like it because of this but it's good for these people, mm -hmm. and people still, like, brought out their pitch pitchforks. <laughs> like, and I'm like, come on, I didn't throw it off of a roof, you know? Like, um, So it's one of those things where, like, honestly, and this kind of goes with uh, Tyler's question, which he has now typed, of advice for people getting into the review aspect. Um, <laughs> like, your first review, when you start doing reviews, I recommend doing them of things that you're passionate about, games that you're passionate about and that you really like because that passion will show. And if your passion is a strong hate, I mean, go for it. You're probably going to have more success either way as long as you're passionate, regardless of if it's positive or a negative review, as long as the passion really shows. Um, it, <laughs> It's... It's one of those things where, like, people get criticized in the community for always being positive. Like, um, like it's not really a review if you're always positive. And it's like, well, but there are some games and reviews that I shoot that I'm definitely less positive than others, and you can see it. Like, my Drunk Quest review, my Drunk Quest video is hilarious. In the middle of the review, I say I don't like it. And as a matter of fact, my favorite quote from any of my videos is, Drunk Quest is the best version of Munchkin I've ever played because I get to be drunk. Like, that was, like, the best I could say about that game. So, yeah. Um, there is pressure to be positive, but the moral of the story is don't try to sugarcoat it. Like, don't try to make a game that you don't like into a game that you like. Like, don't... Just be honest and straightforward about your opinion because a review is an opinion. It's not... Like, it's not like we're doing critical, in-depth, like, well, the problem with this game is that on this move, you can do this turn, which will cause this, which shows a critical flaw in the algorithm of player choices. Like, we're not doing those kind of reviews. So, just... We're not? <laughs> I would have watched that review, though. Yeah, that'd be a great review. I would laugh. I would I would like you to have that accent for the whole review, too. I'll, I'll, I'll do a hyper-critical review of a game. I'll just chew it to pieces. Can it be Basically, Munchkin? Can it be Munchkin? And you oh, can my do God. You can just do Walled City, and then and then I'll be okay with it. 
I'd have to. I haven't found the flaw in while sitting. Oh, 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 good answer. Good answer. Oh, that was sweet. <laughs> the publisher might actually hunt you down and kill you too. So. Some of <laughs> some of my favorite things is I'll play test a game and people will ask me what my opinion of the game was. Like a game that I had like a pre-release that I either got at Gen Con before it came out or Essen or something like that, and I'll play it and they'll be like, "Oh, you have it? Why haven't you said anything about it?" And I'll be like, "Oh, it's solvable." They'll be like, "What?" And I'm like, "It's solvable." Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do a review on a game that's solvable because the problem is is that I'm the kind of person that once I know how to solve it, I'm just going to do that every turn, and then I win, and then, like, what's the fun? Yeah. So, yeah, but anyway, um, so it's a, yes, there is definitely a thing to be positive. The best way that I counter it is I try to just be really passionate, and so even if I have a less than positive review about something, I still do it as long as I, that passion comes through. Same advice for getting in people into the review thing is just like review what you're passionate about because it'll come through and it'll make your content better and it'll make you like more respected as a reviewer. Um, the other one is just maintain a schedule. Like come up with a schedule that is doable for you. Don't try and keep up with the big dogs because a lot of them are doing this as their full-time job. You know, like you can't keep up with that mm-hmm. when you're doing other things like making money. <laughs> so just Make a schedule that works for you. If that means that you're releasing one video a month, you're releasing one video a month. Just make it the best video that you can make at that time. And also, there comes a point where trying to be perfect becomes the enemy of being good. Like, don't try and make your content perfect. Don't hoard it away and make it this thing because you're just like, it'll never get good. Or I just, I can't let it go until it's good. I can't put it out there until it's good. The way that you'll get better is by having people watch your content and give you feedback. And you can ignore a lot of that feedback, or you can, you know, listen to some of that feedback. That's but good devi- good advice for designers, too, by the way. Yes. Oh, my God. I, let it go. Let it go. You have to put it out in the world. You have to let somebody playtest it, because you and your spouse can playtest the hell out of it, and their opinion, you know, it's not going to change. There's nothing in your brain that will change from like playing it one time versus or like ten times versus twenty times. You know what I mean? Like you have to get other people and other thoughts and opinions. Great. So releasing it in some factor will help. Awesome, yeah. Chris. I'm going to ask you the next question because I'm still not positive that Tyler's audio feed is up. Uh, we don't know. He hasn't talked since he came back. Chris, what's your advice to new content providers, content creators in this board game industry of ours? Um, find. Find something that's not being done or not being done as well as you could do it and do that. Um, Don't just do it because it's what everyone else is doing because there was a time where that worked, but um, it doesn't anymore. So it's like you look at somebody like um, Watch It Played, like they found something that was a little bit different and did it, or Rado found something that was a little bit different and did it. Um, so that's how those guys were able to like rise to the level of the dice tower and stuff like that, as opposed to like just doing the same type of reviews. Um, when we did um, Board with Life, we very rapidly uh, kind of gained notoriety because people were really excited about like narrative content in the board game hobby. So people were excited to share it with each other and talk about it and stuff like that because it was a niche that hadn't been filled yet. Um, and so I would say do that. Like, it's fine if you want to review games, and that's good, and that has a value. Um, but just try to find something specific or unique or um, a, just a slightly different way to do it uh, if you want to kind of 
contribute the most that you can because, you know, like Tiffany said, they're people that are doing it full time and that have been doing it full time for years. Uh, and you're not, you can't compete with them directly. So, um, you don't want to try. Yeah. You don't, don't. want to try and compete. Honestly, there are more creative ways to do things. Like, Dice Tower has a huge value, right? In like, they're going to review every game. You're going to know what you're getting. You know the personalities. Um, but at the same time, like, there are more interesting, entertaining ways you can do that. Like, Dice Tower is more like reading a newspaper, whereas, like, I don't know, Shut Up and Sit Down might be more like reading a comic book. So they're doing the same thing, but they're approaching it in totally different ways. Um, for slightly different audiences, and there's a huge overlap. Like I watch both all the time, um, but yeah. So just I don't know. Be creative. Be cool. Be interesting. Do something different. Thank you both, Chris and Tiffany, for the wisdom and just the fun time chatting. I can't believe how fast the time went by. Uh, lots of good stuff for people uh, thinking about getting into media. Uh, I just uh, I. I love what both Chris and Tiffany are doing, and so I really just want to cheer on uh, what they're already doing. If you haven't checked them out, please do. Uh, you can find them very easily. Just search Board with Life or The One Tar. You'll find them. Their stuff is awesome. I really want to give a plug to the Dead of Winter episode. I honestly think that was so the crazy. best episode ever. <laughs> I you. lost. I lost it. I the thought gift, it was awesome. The gift of Donald so, dancing is the. I want a gift so, of all of you in the yeah. kitchen. Oh my goodness, so good. So you have to watch that. Uh, stay tuned and keep an eye out for Tiffany making the comeback. Uh, I'm very excited about that as well. Um, and uh, I just want to encourage uh, all the meeple syrupers out there. Um, you know, we love what you're doing. We love hearing your ideas. We're, um, as Sen mentioned, going to take a little break over the summer, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be totally off. That means on social media we'll still be chit-chatting with everyone. We'll try to do some random vids and some... Uh, some content creation over the summer. It just won't be on a regular basis while we recharge the batteries and uh, get geared up for September. But uh, we still want to hear your ideas so that we get those all riled up for September as well. Um, on that note, I'm just going to call it a night. Keep making great games, and we look forward to seeing your game soon. Adios, Bye. amigos. Bye. Love you, Mom. Bye.